the top players and legends to the very best analysts around the world from wherever the beautiful game is played. This is BTP. Now, we're talking football. Joined on BTP by the superb Rafa Honigstein. Rafa, you've been very busy recently. First of all, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, not bad at all. And in terms of the UK TV, you've been on our screens most days now. Just how much have you enjoyed getting out of the house? Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I do need a haircut. Uh, that <laughs> is a problem, especially when you're new on television. But uh, it feels like life has a purpose again. I think when you're a football journalist and there's no football on, as much as you do all the nostalgia and the transfer story mm-hmm. and stuff, um, you do wonder, you know, what it is that you're doing with your life. And the fact that uh, football is now back, or at least some of it, um, has, has cheered me up no end. In terms of the return of the Bundesliga, um, all eyes are on the Bundesliga, more eyes you could say than ever. Dortmund have been impressive, obviously. Bayern have been incredibly impressive as well. Some of the other teams, Werder Bremen, they've been up and down. I mean, how do you react to the return so far? Um, I mean, it's been uh, it's been really interesting. Of course, we would have liked to see a closer title race with Dortmund, perhaps um, at least managing to get a draw against Bayern. But Bayern were too strong on the day. Mm. What's been interesting, I think, is that the better teams have been better than usual, and the worst teams seem to be more affected by the lack of a crowd. I think there is less to fall back upon. Um, this is sort of a pure football, if you will. Um, no emotions uh, from the sides, no breaks, um, very little uh, psychology, I think, almost involved. So just the better teams just turn out to be far superior than they usually are. And that's what we've seen. Um, I mean, the good news is that we have, I think, five outstanding teams in the Bundesliga this year, uh, which hasn't always been the case. The quality at the top is very, very high. And that's why, even though there is no title race anymore, I think the uh, amount of quality that you see plus the race for the top four will, will keep people entertained because um, you saw with the team's respective performances in Europe that these sides are not just good domestically, but they're actually objectively, if you will, good sides this year. And uh, it, it reflects very well on the league. Obviously, lots of transfer speculation making the headlines, none more so than Jadon Sancho. Prior to this lockdown, it seemed inevitable almost that he would go to Manchester United. Now there's a lot more doubt. There's a couple of questions. First of all, do Dortmund need to sell? What would be his price? Uh, and what is the likeliest outcome here? Would he go to Manchester United this summer? Dortmund do not need to sell. I mean, I think it's fair to say that part of their business model is to sell players from time to time. They did sell Christian Pulisic um, last year. Uh, They didn't sell anyone big in the summer. Um, So you would kind of expect a big deal to happen in normal circumstances, but that is exactly the problem. These are not normal Mm -hmm. circumstances. And I think Dortmund are very reluctant to cash in on a price asset without getting the real value. Uh, The situation is is not... um, comparable to Werner, who I'm sure we're going to talk about in a second, who has a release clause and therefore a value that is uh, objectively fixed. There is no such uh, clause for, for, for Sancho. Um, of course, the fact that his contract is running down and he's only got one, one just over a year left after next year, 
means that um, you know this can't go on forever. But uh, Dortmund, um, like like Leverkusen with Harvard, feel that if the market is depressed this year, they would rather not sell than sell for a price that is not adequate. And it'll be down to United. I mean, I think that we've seen a lot of noises from the Premier League side saying, "Oh, money is a problem. Money is a problem." But my my sense is that as football is coming back, and as they're in a much better position to evaluate the real cost of the crisis. The, the the stronger sides, the bigger sides will still make some moves, and uh, you know they might be might be uh, scheduled slightly differently. They might be staggered. There might be more of a, a long tail to the deal with more money coming in later down the line. But um, I think it's still a very strong possibility that this will happen because United are one of the three or four clubs in the world that can pull this off at this price, and uh, Dortmund, uh, I think unofficially, unofficially, even though they will never admit to it, would be happy to sell at that price, mm. but not the wrong. And the price would be around about 120 million euros. Mm. Okay. That's a very interesting uh, discussion there and, and price as well, especially in the current climate. Lots of people talk about Sancho as being a sort of generational English talent. Um, he's broken into the national team in the last few years, he's impressing so many people, not only with his goals in Germany, but his assists in general play. A generational talent over in Germany, a German generational talent has to be Kai Havertz. Um, he's impressed me greatly, he's impressed Phil greatly. Just how impressed have you been? And, and do you think it's wise for him to make a move this summer or to stay and develop for another season at Leverkusen? Well... First of all, you're absolutely right. I mean, the guy is a generational talent. I think he could easily be the most talented German footballer um, in terms of raw, pure talent on the ball since Mesut Ozil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he will dominate the, the, the national team over the next decade. Um, I think he is very impatient. I think he would have liked to ideally leave already before the uh, start of this season. I think it might be difficult to convince him that he should stay another year but it might not be down to him because again Leverkusen do not want to sell the the, the biggest asset in German football for um, for a price that is not commensurate with um, with his value and uh, that is far north of 100 million that's why we've seen already Bayern saying yeah we like the player but it's a lot of money we're not sure Um, and then the question comes down to Will he feel that he has to move at all cost and go abroad, even though perhaps in his career plan, buying would have been the next logical step? Or will he say, you know what, um, I'd rather wait and make the buying move next year? It'd be very, very interesting. Um, again, I don't think there are many clubs in the world right now who can actually pull off the kind of deal that Harvard's would cost, both in wages and in in the transfer fee. And that's why ultimately it might not be so much a decision for him, but actually a decision on the supply side. Uh, sorry, on the demand side, I should say, of how many options he will really have. And um, again, I think it's very difficult to, to uh, estimate what kind of position we'll be in come August when all the leagues have returned, when the Champions League is back, when uh, all the clubs around Europe are in a better position to, to really evaluate um, how much they will have to lose next season and how much of a hit they really had to take this year. 
Uh, breaking news at the moment, of course, is Timo Werner. Uh, Builder reporting that he has agreed to deal with Chelsea. Uh, his buyout clause, as we said, his objective, it was fixed, so it was a price that we knew that he could get out of there for. I was, it was interesting, Rafa, I was listening to Didi Haman talk about him, saying that um, he's a player that's suited to a team to play on the counter-attack, but teams that sit in deep against him, deny him space, he struggles against. Uh, first of all, do you think he's, he, he will go to Chelsea and succeed? And uh, how highly do you rate him? Um, first of all, I, I, I'm not sure that... Um, he necessarily has to play on the counter-attack. I think he has shown now uh, with Leipzig in the last two years that he has developed his game and that he's become a bit more versatile and can move in those small spaces, make those runs. Um, and there's back an interesting um, analogy here with, with um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, mm-hmm. who was very much a counter-attacking player, a converted winger just like, like Harvard, but who, just like um, Werner, but who learned under Thomas Tuchel to make those little diagonal runs on the box and find the spaces. And I think Werner's beginning to, to develop in the same way. And um, I think he would have been ideal for Liverpool. Yeah. Personally, I think that's why Liverpool um, had a lot of interest and maybe continue to have interest. Uh, but Chelsea seemed to have been more prepared to actually pull the trigger and put the money where, where their mouth is, as you will, and then actually force the issue. At least that is the situation as we're recording this pod. Um, I think he will be success, but it's perhaps more difficult to see him fit into a Chelsea side that I think is still developing under Frank Lampard rather than a Liverpool side that is the fully formed thing where we can easily know exactly how he would fit in. Uh, with Chelsea, he would probably play uh, just off, Tammy Abrahams, but then you'd have to go to a uh, kind of a 4-4-2 system or play a diamond in midfield. So it has a knock-on effect. Um, but he is a superb player. There's no doubt about it. So just based on his ability, I think he'll be successful wherever he goes, even if Chelsea seems um, like a more surprising move than uh, perhaps having uh, gone to Liverpool. I agree with you, Rafa, that Werner's a superb player and to be honest with you, in terms of Leipzig, they're a superb team to watch. My only concern, though, is if he leaves this summer as expected, does that damage their long-term ambitions to challenge the likes of Dortmund and Bayern for the title, in your opinion? Or have they got a ready-made replacement already scouted and ready to come in in the summer? I'm sure that Leipzig will have a replacement because they expected him to leave in the summer. It was only when his deal with Bayern fell through that he agreed to extend his contract with the release clause that kept him for one more year. Um, I think there is a wider issue, though, with Leipzig. They're in a situation where they cannot be signing players with potential forever if they want to actually win titles. They will have to make somehow find a way of making the Werners of the squad stay uh, because it's very difficult, I think, to win anything with a transient team with a team of Upamecano and, um, and, you know, and Werner and players who are kind of looking to move on. So that's going to be the, the strategically the most difficult um, challenge for them, I think, to get to the point where they can make these players stay. But they're not at that level yet. And um, I think with Werner, it was always a question of time before he was, he was leaving. Uh, knowing Leipzig and their perf- perfect scouting, they will have somebody lined up. Of course, they would have love to get Erling Haaland in. That would have been their preferred option. And they, they 
um, got quite far with him, but as you know, he chose Dortmund instead. Uh, last question for me, Rafa. I want to ask you about Bayern and Hansa Flick because I was reading some stories over the last few days that some people in Germany are suggesting that his team could be better than Pep's treble winning team. Also on that question, how likely is it that Quarantine Tolisso will leave Bayern this summer? Um, Pep didn't win the treble. It was Jupp Heynckes, but um, Pep took over, took over the yes. treble team. Right. Well, yes, and, uh, a treble winning team. That's right. And, <laughs> And took him, took them to a new level. Even though they didn't win the Champions League, this was the best final we ever saw. Um, I think it's a little bit too early to judge them just yet, whether they're as good or even better than Pep's side. But what I think is fair to say is that we have seen in recent weeks them play um, at a level performance-wise that we hadn't seen since Pep left. So they're certainly much closer in that ballpark of being one of the best sides in Europe than. Um, then in the intervening period where they were a little bit kind of going through the motions and kind of lost their way a little bit under Ancelotti uh, and under, under Kovac. Um, Tolisa is somebody that Bayern would like to sell uh, in an ideal world. He's been a little bit injury prone. Um, he's good, but perhaps not quite good enough to be a starter for Bayern. Mm -hmm. Bayern have uh, Kimmich, Goretzka and Thiago for the three um, positions in midfield and while they like to have backup options, um, they also need to generate a bit of money to invest in the likes of Lira Sane and possibly Kai Havertz. So he would be one that they would like to let go. But the question is, especially for those mid-ranking players who were 30 million euro players before Corona, will they hold the value or will they become 15 million euro players? And that's, that's the question. But I think Bayern would, would love to do a deal for him. We've talked about some of the big stars in the league. We've talked about Sancho, Havertz, Werner um, and others. Who are the other players in the league, Rafa, that maybe aren't getting the attention here in the UK or abroad, but you think have got big futures as well? <sighs> There's so many of them. Um, I think Musa Diaby at Leverkusen is an outstanding uh, player. I look at Dennis Zakaria at Gladbach. Uh, he's got cult falling already um, amongst the scouts and uh, I'm sure there will be offers coming in for him. Florian Neuhaus is a developing player right next to him in, in that Gladbach midfield. I mean, you look at Dortmund and all the fantastic players today. Of Gio Reyna, only 17. Uh, what a talent he is. Um, Florian Wirtz, only 17 at Leverkusen. I mean, the, there, there are so many up-and-coming players. You can take the whole Leipzig team and I think with the exception of two or three, they're all under 23 or under 24. Um, every single one of those players would be would be interesting to a variety of, of top sides. So the quality in the Bundesliga is really high this year, as we said earlier, but it was perhaps more importantly, or part of the reason is that also the quality of the coaching is very high this year. We have in Marco Rose, Julian Nagelsmann, yeah. I think two superstars in the making. You have in Flick somebody who unexpectedly has, has righted all the wrongs in the Bayern side. You have Lucien Favre, a manager who has his flaws, but still manages to put some wonderful football onto the pitch. And, um, you know, that, that quality combined with the idiosyncratic, but also quite beautiful way of doing things for Peter Bosch um, makes, for, makes for a very powerful combination. I think that's why it's been so enjoyable. And that's why, in a sense, it's a shame that we see probably two or three of these players leave. But at the same time, um, it makes this season very special because this is the season where they're still all 
in the league and uh, we should cherry, cherish those last few, few weeks very, very much. Folks, that is the fantastic Raphael Honigstein. Thank you so much for joining us, Rafa. Don't forget, go follow us on our Twitter. You can win a VFL Volksberg shirt, a signed Void Vickhorst shirt. Uh, go ahead and you can see the details on our Twitter page to do that. We've teamed up with Volksberg to do that. Thank you so much, Rafa, for joining us. Very, very much appreciated. We'd love to get you back sometime. An absolute pleasure. Cheers, guys. Thank, Thank you. Very-